Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Dungeons the Junkies presents Escape from Ulamog, episode 35, Life's in the Eye of the Beholder. I'm Matt. Paul Caitlin just said you were a willy. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Kerry. I don't know these two. Welcome back to Dungeon Junkies. While I go and strangle my co-host, why don't we let Chad take it away? Why, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to my terrible, wonderful, homebrew world of Escape from Ulfam. I'm, of course, Chad, and I will be playing everyone, basically, in the world, but a few select people. So let's go around the table and find out who those people are tonight. Let's start with Matt. Indeed, I am Matt, and I am playing Detective White Stanton of Ganymede PD. Um, current status is fucked. Um, <laughs> um, running out of power, um, and literally um, now best friends, it seems, with a, uh, a blind beholder. Or seems to be blind anyway, who knows at this point. Who knows what you throw today? Help! Well, on that note, the only one who could probably provide help to said Wyatt, let's go to Carrie. Hello, I am indeed Carrie, and I will be playing Varian Mayfiend, the Wood Elf Warlock, who's just walked in on Wyatt reading porn to a beholder and is wondering if death would be more preferable. Except he can't die because, you know, someone else is kind of hinging on him being alive at the moment. Now, 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 it's hentai, not porn. It's a romance novel. A very, very dirty romance novel. On people who are fucked, let's go to Alex! Hi, I'm Alex. Today I'm fucked. And why I'm fucked, you ask? That's because I am playing Avery, the Azamar wizard who is going to be saved pretty soon. His comrades who are trying to save him aren't just walking around the library with a blind beholder reading porn, but yeah. They'll be here in a minute. And on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Caitlin! Hi, I'm Caitlin. I play Damien, who doesn't have a last name. He is a Air Genasi warlock shadow sorcerer who is here, not in any danger, but has to deal with people being morally righteous. And honestly, I'd rather have the Beholder. <laughs> Oh, what a tangled web I weave. But with that, let's jump into the recap. Because that was a perfect jumping off point, as Damien does find themselves in, basically, the care of the Band of Atomism, where they have met General Calypso Leonidas II, and she has been basically trying to help Damien out in this situation, as they did show up bloodied, on their doorstep with Bart, 
who at this point is in a coma. And while being in a coma, a memory gem was discovered. And this memory gem showed that Damien knew all along that Bart had his orange tiefling fingers somehow in what occurred at the hospital, as it was shown that Bart did commission the research on the black husks that came from the party after the aquarium explosion. On the complete other end of the spectrum, Wyatt and Virian found themselves still with knives in the library of Ganymede, not being able to locate the book, but the book of power that Virian had been carrying along for so long that, with no opening, they realized had some connection to this library, and once putting it down on the ground, a signal was sent out, and a massive beholder appeared, named Yukis, who collected both the book and Wyatt, and carried them off to his domain, to be read to. While this occurred, Virian had a talk with his former mentor and now spellbook, Terran, about the choices that he has been making lately, and it did not go well, folks. But, after some consternation, some maybe forgiveness, or maybe just another favor owed, Terran did use some power and transported both Virian and Knives to the top floor, where Wyatt finds himself with the blind beholder Yukis reading. And finally, the fucked one himself, Avery, who has been in a, basically, pocket dimension for this pastime ever since the events of the hospital, dealing with a seemingly all-powerful creature named Kazador, who at this point, at first was just content with hunting Avery, but after seeing the events during the hunt, his interest was piqued, and Kazador has begun to try and dig into what makes Avery tick. And with that, we dove into Avery's past, seeing the Six-Hour Academy and two of his professors who had already died. After that, we had a confrontation with Quinlith, the Raviturgist High Elf, whose power, they say that Avery desired much. They got into an argument before Casador appeared again. And with a wide, too wide smile, Casador said, Let's keep digging. And snapped his fingers. And Avery... <sighs> eyes went completely dark. But with that... Let's jump back into Escape from Wolfong. And Avery, completely in darkness right now, you find yourself kind of just floating. No sound, no anything really. You don't even know if you have a body at this moment, but you feel yourself being pulled, whatever you are, pulled through this inky blackness before suddenly your body thuds into stone. And can you make me a perception check real quick? We're starting off the session with a natural 20, so let's hope it sticks that way. Avery, 
the pain rattles through your whole body as you slam face first into this stone. And you feel like all the air pushed out of your lungs. And as you suck back in, the smell and feeling of heat and fire immediately fills your lungs. You can smell the burning of wood and tapestries. And as you still staring into the stone, you begin to hear around you the sounds of just people running and screaming and the sounds of explosions happening everywhere. And people just say, get out of here, we gotta go. And just absolute chaos. And as you do finally lift your head, Avery, and look about, you see her once again in the courtyard of the Six R Academy. But this time, the world is on fire. You see undead constructs and zombies and skeletons laying waste to buildings. You see students running and screaming, being tackled by these monsters as the world just burns. And all you can hear over and over from just the little bits of words you can make out is, Quinlan's back! Quinlan's back! Did you find yourself, Avery, at the entrance of the Six-Hour Academy in the courtyard? What would you like to do? So, like last time, could I feel my magic? Because I could feel, I could feel it present in the previous memories or vision or whatever's going on here. Avery, as you look down at your hands once again, you see that once again you have two Asimar arms. Your flesh is supple, the right color. You can feel your heart beating in your chest at this moment. And as you look down, you can see you're in your garb when you were a Quinlis student, when you had left the academy. You remember this garb. You wore it the night that you two assaulted the academy to take back what Quinlis thought was hers. But yes, in long and short, you can feel some magic in you. All right. So, any doorways around? Any, like, doorways near me? Or is it just... You're standing at the, basically, the front entrance uh, into the actual, like, academy grounds. You're standing in, like, the courtyard. And, I mean, you know this whole courtyard, but at this moment you know that you're not near any of the buildings. But you could head towards any of the buildings that you would want to. Alright, I think I'll head inside to the nearest building. Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, make me a dexterity saving throw, please. Ten. 
Avery, you take two steps forward and suddenly one of the students wheels around seeing you and you see their face just go completely white staring at you as they begin to stammer and back, no, 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 please, please, I didn't do anything. And they immediately shoot their hand forward and a firebolt rockets out of their hand. But you just, without even thinking about it, you just easily evade it. And your hand raises without you even thinking and a lightning bolt rockets out and slams into this student's chest as you see them just crumple to the ground dead. And then if by, once again, not even sure if it's your own actions, you begin to stalk forwards through all of this chaos. As you see these skeletal uh, soldiers with sword and spear attacking students and just the screams going off. You can see some of the students trying to fight back with magics, but you just continue to stalk forwards as you make it to one of the first large... um, what am I trying to say here? Not auction halls. Where do where do you take uh, fucking classes? Uh, what are they called? Not audition halls. They're lecture. Lecture halls. Lecture. I could not think of the word lecture right there. You make your way stalking down this path. The undead constructs and creatures not even paying you any mind. And every once in a while, you do see one of these students. And once again, without your control, you lash out with lightning or other magic, just tossing them out of your way, killing another two students as you stomp into this lecture hall. And once again, as you enter into this lecture hall, it is just mass hysteria and chaos. There are our students trying to run out of all of these classrooms. As you can see, part of the roof is on fire and you can see it's beginning to already sag. I think... I don't think Avery really knows how to process this. Like, it's just an unbelievable amount of guilt going through him as he sees this and the somehow not being able to control what is going on with his body as he just took out students that were nearby. I think he is just speechless. Can you make me a perception check, please, Avery? That's bad. Eleven. Avery, as you just are almost in a shocked state of grief, your feet once again begin to propel you forwards as you begin to walk down the center of this huge corridor of lecture halls. And as you begin to walk forward, you see... In the sky, what looks like two green glowing orbs just floating there, high up there. You only see them for a second, but you see them, and it's almost as if they just blink, and then they're gone. Your feet, though, Avery, keep pushing you farther forward, forward, 
until you reach lecture hall number six. And without even being able to stop yourself, your right leg lashes out as you kick open the door. And as you stalk into the lecture hall, you see in front of the uh, large pulpit that he uh, always would give his lectures from, you see Hector Venus, the tortle professor, and he stares up at you. Ma- Master Avery, why, what are you doing here? Why, why are you doing this? I don't understand. Doing what? What? What's going on here? Avery, as you say that, it's almost as if a shadow just moves off of your body and begins to just walk down these stairs. And you watch as Professor Hector Venus isn't looking at you anymore. He's looking at this shadow as it just stalks closer and closer to him. I can't dispel it. You can try. Uh, roll me a d20. Uh, 18. Avery, you reach out both hands and you see the magic glow around them. The shadow doesn't stop. It just keeps going closer and closer. And you see Professor Hector begin to cast spells and throwing it at him as the shadow just throws them away as it's walking closer and closer before you see it raise both of its hands and two lightning bolts just rocking out, <laughs> slamming into the front of this turtle shell. And you see Professor Hector for a second, like a magical aura covers him and it seems to stop before you see the actual lightning turn to a red glow and it just shatters through it. And you see it <laughs> pierce and crack through his shell as you see him just, why? Avery. He thumps face first onto the stage. As you suddenly find yourself standing on stage with him, your hands extended, looking at the corpse of your professor. Is the shadow still there? Avery, you look around and there's no shadow anywhere. You, but you, now you're in the spot where the shadow was. You're not at the door. You're standing on the stage next to this cracked shell turtle. Amy, you playing with me? This wasn't the agreement. The agreement was a game. You hunt me. Not this. Make me a charisma check. Oh, I'm good at charisma. There's a flat 17, though. Avery, as you yell towards the sky, you see those green glowing orbs appear just kind of in the sky, 60 feet above you. And just almost, you almost feel like they're staring at you. 
before they just blink and are once again gone. Avery, um, oh, yeah. can you make me a dexterity save real quick? 6. Avery, as you're standing here on this stage, suddenly you hear a massive <laughs> from above you as you look up and you see the actual ceiling begin to just cave in as fire and timbers just rain down upon you. And you will take eight points of bludgeoning damage. That hurt. And as it doom slams into the ground, it lands on top of this turtle, and as immediately all of the papers and everything that are in here begin to take light as this whole lecture hall begins fires begin to sprout up everywhere. Get out of this room. Awesome. Uh, you, you can. I'll just. You can get out of there. I will. I'll say this. I'll be nice about this one. You can uh, just make your way out, and you get out of this lecture hall, back into the hallway, which at this point is now mostly empty. But from the outside, you can still hear the chaos and the screaming, and just the sounds of magic spells being fired off. I'll head, <clears throat> as this is the game he is playing, I'll head further into the, further down the hallway. Trying to resist whatever was pulling me along though this time. Sure, uh, make me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, oh, I'm proficient in wisdom. 23. Avery, you step back out into this hallway and you feel the pull of something trying to lead you back out of the uh, exit of this lecture hall. But you manage to turn and head farther down this hallway. Are you attempting to go anywhere down this hallway? Are you looking for anything in particular? As you do know, the campus is made up of multiple, like different free freestanding yeah. buildings, and this is just one of many lecture halls that are on the you know campus. Is there any like spike in magic in this place, this building specifically? Uh, make me an Arcana check. Uh, nineteen plus nine, twenty-eight. Avery, you. 
as you're walking down this hall, you, in front of you, begin to feel just a massive amount of energy and magic as you keep walking further and further down this hall until suddenly it's almost as if you hit a brick wall as you kind of just thud. But there's nothing there. And can I have you make me a perception check real quick? Um, 15, 16, 16. Avery, as you walk into this invisible wall, you reach up and it's almost as if you can see further down this hallway, but it's, it's as if it's flat almost. And as you put your hand up against this, like, wall that isn't there like you can see that it it doesn't give but it also doesn't like push against you it's it's as if there's you don't know what was down this hallway that night this wall does it feel like it's a mad does it feel like it's magic oh it feels insanely magical Probably not going to work, but can I try to spell magic on it? Uh, roll me 2d20s and tell me, add them together for me. Uh, let's see. That's not bad. 17, 17 plus 12, 29. Yeah, 29. Avery, as you once again reach out and you put both hands on this visible wall, your hands glow with a bluish red energy and you see this like image in front of you almost, it like gains perspective for a second where it almost looks like it's elongating as if to become unflattened before and it just kind of snaps back and it's completely flat. And then as your hands move away, you see those glowing green orbs in the spot. And this time you can see that it's the eyes of Kazador as they just stare at you. And you suddenly hear, the game has changed. So, Play your part. You know what you must do. The eyes stare at you before they just blink and disappear again. Astrid. The eyes of Kazador and the mouth just disappear back into non-existence. And you find yourself once again alone in this lecture hall hallway. The fire around you growing as the amount of students in here has basically gone to zero. And all you can hear now is the burning of the walls and the crackling of the fire and everything around you as it is slowly being wrecked. What would you like to do? 
So the wall in front of me didn't dissipate, did it? Nope. Didn't quite roll high enough for that. So I can only go back the way I came, didn't I? Uh, it seems to be your only option is to turn around. Alright, yeah, I'll turn around then and start going the other way. Awesome. Uh, are you going to stop in any of the other lecture halls or are you just going to head back out into the courtyard? I I think I'm going to head out into the courtyard, to be honest. Fantastic. Uh, make me a dexterity check. Oh no. Starting off this session with a 10. Avery, as you turn back around from this kind of just shimmery image of what should be the rest of this hallway and begin to make your way back towards the entrance to the lecture hall, as you keep going, suddenly you hear a loud crack as a large timber cracks above you and pieces of rubble come down. You manage to avoid most of it, but a few searing embers actually land on your skin burning straight through the garb you're wearing and causing you three points of fire damage. Okay. Uh, but you make your way through the rest of this burning lecture hall and to the entrance, making your way back out into the courtyard. And as you do, can I get a reception check, please? 19. Avery, as you step back out into the courtyard, the scene is an absolute just amount of chaos. You only remember slightly as this is one of those traumatic events where you feel like your brain might have masked some of this from you before, but now you stand at the scene of your greatest, you know, folly as you see all of these skeletons and zombies taking down students left and right as they attempt to fight back, but just their overwhelming numbers seem to keep swelling and growing as the students who are taken down seem to once again then just stand back up and turn against their other students as the actual screams of all these students begins to quell a bit as the numbers just dwindle lower and lower. And you see these skeletons and zombies and undead constructs just wreaking havoc, destroying buildings, until as you're standing there, you suddenly hear from the center of campus, the clock tower bell begin to ring over and over as you hear uh, Obadiah's voice come over. Professors report to the vaults. Professors report to the vaults. He's gonna go then. I think. Didn't tighten that off, but he's gotta go there now. Alright, so you're gonna head towards the main hall? Yes. 
All right. Uh, make me a perception check, and then make me a dexterity check. Perception checks are 27, and the dexterity checks are 15. Avery, after this, the clock tower ceases to ring. You see all of these skeletons and zombies and such. They all begin to stop attacking the students and all begin to turn towards the center of the campus, staring towards the clock tower, before all of these creatures begin to just move as one towards the center of this campus, where you also begin to make your way. As you begin to turn, you see the clock tower continues to ring before a actual beam of energy kind of shoots down and explodes about 10 feet to your right, sending a swarm of these zombies exploding out of the way. But you keep going through this um, campus towards the center of it. But meanwhile, the camera kind of zooms away from this situation with Avery as the burning campus and kind of zooms into the night sky before the camera goes black for a second. And as it kind of focuses back in, it focuses with a green flash of energy that goes off as you see a sparkling elf and a blonde-haired Githraki appear on the balcony kind of area of this top domed area. In the center, you can see in a pit, a human detective reading a book as a large beholder floats above, listening to this story. But yes, first things first, before anything can happen, I need Virian to make me a stealth check. I just rolled a d12. That's clever. Okay, 16 plus 4, dirty 20. Virion, the energy from Terran's magic in your spellbook. <laughs> kind of dissipates as you find yourself standing on this walkway with knives. And as you do, you see the floating beholder kind of sniff the air for a second and look about. What was that? What was what, Yukus? I thought I... I thought I felt something, but maybe I was mistaken. Please, Wyatt, please, please continue reading. It's just getting juicy. It is. It is. I, you could, I've got a question for you. It's, it's a genuinely, it's a serious question I've actually got for you. You've, and please take no offence if I do offend you anything I'm going to say. I don't mean to. Okay. You've been here for how long? I've been back for many moons at this point, plotting my revenge. I understand me sorry. For 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 for, for you understand me sorry. Um and the whole time that you've been in this library, you've been unable to see. Yes, my sight was taken when I was banished many, many millennia ago. 
is there you've got these the books you've got in this room could you say of either your favorites as it were is there any that i mean this book i'm reading right now is, is pretty good but i did see some in another section earlier which were slightly more juicy If you're interested, I can tell you where they are. Well, that is an interesting thought, though. Why is my boy? But we must finish this one first. Absolutely, we'll finish this one, and then I'll show you where the where the, where the juicier stuff is. And then you can then we can compare notes on them. That'd be that'd be, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Wyatt, I am. Glad you have accepted your time here at the library. You will make a wonderful reader for the rest of your time here. For the rest of my time here, I am your reader, yes. For the rest of your time, yes, yes. Indeed. Um, so, <clears throat> while I will continue to read from a book, um, well, reading the book to, um, to Yugas, uh, whilst glancing, um, at Vivian, I'm hoping is looking at Wyatt, and then glancing at, and then glancing at the bookshelf. So to say, it's on the bookshelf here. Uh, you can definitely see Virian from where you are, as being able to see the green flash was exceptionally bright. Like the entire room went bright green for a second, and you saw where they appeared. They're quite far from you. So it's not like you could make like facial like things or like try and talk to him that way, but you can at least see that you're, you know, probably at this point, you know, 200 feet away from them. Yeah. But Virya, yeah. what would you like to do? <laughs> Aside from life nervously, I'm not sure. I don't, Virya does not laugh nervously, that's scary. <laughs> Do I see why it kind of... Can I make it that he's like gesturing towards the bookshelf, or does it just look like he's flailing his limbs around at this point? Um, Wyatt, make me a performance check. Performance? Virion, make me a perception check at disadvantage. Mm. Well, my lowest is a 10 more in. The 19th of performance. You think that uh, Wyatt might be doing a dance that might be involved in this book somehow, in the reading, as the images that are like floating above are definitely doing some kind of dance. Uh, it's not with clothes on, obviously, but. You're not exactly sure what Wyatt is trying to commune to you at this moment. Things variant experienced so far, he wasn't expecting this. Uh, um, Varian just glances over at Knives. I'm gonna think. Knives uh, looks at you and like taps their head, and then Mouse, can you can you do this? 
please message what this. Yes, thank God. Oh, fucking hell. What the fuck was that green stuff? Why are we up here? Where the fuck are we now? Green stuff I'll explain in a bit. This is where Wyatt and... Oh my god, what the earth is going on up there? Okay, never mind, that's that's something to do with later. Mildly traumatised by all the weird Dance of the Seven Bale stuff that's going on up there. You can keep talking, I have my headphones. I... don't know, um... Squint down at Wyatt a bit more. A question for the DM. Can... Is it the group chat, effectively? Because can Wyatt use the group chat from where he is? Well, I mean, at the moment, Virion's only talking to Knives, because... Virion's not the smartest character, but he feels kind of throwing magic across where the Beholder is would be a bad idea. Like, hmm. in block capitals. Ah, uh, it is essentially the group chat, but as Virian said, he is not including you in it currently, so. That's a, that's a fair point. Because why I don't want to use even my book to try to not do uh... <laughs> I've got the um, map of Yukus' chamber up. What point are we at? Uh, you are in the southwest corner of the top uh, shelf kind of area. And then Wyatt is clearly all the way in the center at where that little stool is on the map. Okay, so by a message, I say to Knives, yeah. oh, Boss, I don't particularly want to get any closer to that thing than I have to. I don't know what we can do from this distance. Well, shit. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I mean, obviously, one of us needs to get down there to where Wyatt is, and but I don't know. Should one of us play distraction or something of that nature? I don't know, are you? How quick are you? So so. Meta game it, 35 foot. I don't know. He's clearly all the way down there. You have to. I can't jump off of this wall, it's 60 foot down. And then he's either in another pit down below that. Okay, um, can I start, like, creeping my way over to the ladder on the south? Because that seems to reach the top shelf. Sure. Uh, make me a stealth check, uh, once again, with disadvantage. Seven plus four, fifteen. Virian, you turn and begin to make your way down this walkway and suddenly as you step you look down and your first step is kind of a muffled bit of as you hit steel 
as you realize that this walkway turns into like corrugated steel. And as you begin to keep walking, you hit one of the plates and it falls straight through and just crashes 60 feet down before it just clatters onto the ground. Caitlin, shut up. I'm trying. As that, as the plat, or, uh, piece of metal clatters to the ground, Yukis, you can see why it suddenly spins towards looking that way. What was that? You're right. I heard something that time as well. Yukis, I'll go and check it out for you, okay? Wyatt, you will not move from this pit. Yukus, I, I can't get out of here without you letting me, can I? Correct. And I am not releasing you from this pit currently. As you see, Yukus begins to float towards the uh, where the metal crashed to the ground. While Yukus is doing that, I'm going to... Um, once, he, once he's well away from me, I'm going to take the... the, the the book I need for the multiverse and put it in my backpack. Alright, uh, you can grab the uh, multiversal uh, practical application by Everett C. Smythe uh, and put it into your bag. Uh, make me a slight of hand check. Crit 20 plus 3! What? My dice turned up! Quiet as you once again pull the book from the shelf. A, the Dragon Ball Super uh, manga that was next to it almost begins to, or begins to fall from the shelf, but with your other hand, you manage to snatch it from the air before it clatters onto the ground. But Virian, uh, what would you like to do at this moment? At this moment, Yukis is beginning to float towards where the metal crashed to the ground 60 feet below you. Okay. Okay, um... For a moment, can I just watch what he's doing? Uh, like yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, make me a stealth check at disadvantage, please. I'm feeling slightly sorry for me, mate. My lowest is a 14 plus 4. 18. Virian, you standing in the spot, withdrawing your foot, as the metal clattered to the ground and you just kind of make like Wyatt did back in the hospital and kind of just back up against the wall as you stare at Yukis begin to float towards this piece of metal. And as Yukis gets closer and closer to it, you can suddenly feel like Yukis's blind eye is just kind of waving about the room and every once in a while it does cross over you. It doesn't make any kind of like movement that it sees you but when it does you can feel your body like kind of just sap of energy each and every time it returns the minute it stops looking at you 
but you quickly realize through knowing what you do about beholders that clearly its eyes might not be functioning to see, but its powers are still definitely behind those eyes. And as Yukis reaches the edge of the wall, you see two of the eye stalks go down and pick up this piece of metal and pick it up and go, Oh, everything's falling apart around here. The first thing I do once I retake control will be rebuild my library to its former glory. And as it picks this piece up, you can see one of the tender, the eye stalk tendrils kind of lights up as this piece of metal just heats up and evaporates into nothing as Yukis turns back around and begins to float back towards Wyatt. Wyatt! Continue the story! I must know how Evelyn meets the passion of her life! Of course, we were just getting to that point, of course, Yukis. So, make yourself comfortable and I shall resume. While I continue reading the smart coming, and I'm not, even, I'm not entirely sure we should be broadcast on a on an X-rated podcast, let alone let alone explicit. It's 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 it's, it's, it's difficult to be clear. Is smuts or is it porn? It's a romantic novel, so it's it's classy smut. Oh, classy smut. Okay. Because some people may have a different opinion. Right. Uh, Wyatt continues reading the book. Virian, Yukis is now floating away from you. And you see creeping behind you, Knives has stealthed his way up to right next to you before responding in the mess or the group chat. Well, that was fucking close. So I stand by my previous statement. Maybe we should have one of us running distraction or something of that nature to try and get that thing's attention away from us. Uh, I have a baked plan in mind, but I don't know how far it's going to go. Elvirian, I am all fucking ears at this point because I don't know what to do besides just start shooting and hope for the best. How far away can you shoot? Well, he kind of pulls out the hand cannon. I think I could probably hit anything in this room. Going off of your idea of distraction, if you can distract it, I still have some use of the magic of light. It's more to try and get wired out of that pit, but I don't really know the specifics of said pit and if anything's going to stop me from trying to levitate wired out of it. Well, right. The only problem I see with that is if any time, I don't know if you felt it, but I certainly felt it, 
that every time that thing looked at me, I could not do anything. My rings stopped working the way they are supposed to. No, no, that's it as well. Ergo, they have baked parts. I've gotten so used to relying on other people for getting me out of shit like this. But after a while, you'll stop learning how to deal with things. Right. Well, that feels like something that we should unpack later, because it feels like a very deep and emotional thing that we should talk about or you should talk about with someone but at this moment I think we just have to go save the idiot in the pit and we'll circle back to maybe figuring out what's going on up there in your head okay so half big plan it is then say that again Matt Nope. Hey, I'm trying here, okay? No, it wasn't you, it was the it was aimed at the idiot in the pit coming from knives, not you. Oh, I was going to say, I'm a warlock in a beholder's lair, what do you want me to do? No, no, you, you're, you're, you're doing wonderful, sweetie. It's, it's, the, it's the idiot <laughs> coming from knives. <laughs> well, you've seen how yours and knives' relationship has gone, so I don't think you should be shocked by that comment. No, this is true. Okay, okay. Right. Let me just have a look at that map. There's a lot of bookshelves on um one of the layers, isn't there? Uh, on the layer that where the piece of metal uh, crashed down to, that is the layer. Uh they're actually they're not bookshelves, they're like chalkboards and whiteboards. Ah, my Some bad, of them are sorry. video boards, they're like and just filled with all kinds of just script and writing that you actually can't seem to make out most of the time and seems to change rapidly at constant intervals. Okay. I'm just thinking, would something like that count as color if you were hiding behind it? Oh, for sure. Each one of those uh, objects is probably at least six to seven feet tall and a good, you know, five foot wide. Not very okay. thick. But quite tall and wide. Okay, that's another detail for the half baked plan. So, this is as the DM, not as nice. What I gather your plan is you would like to, you, Virian, uh, would like to make your way down to Wyatt and then have Knives run distraction for you? I think that might be better because in terms of distraction, I have very little. And that is to say none. That's fair. That's fair. All right then, uh, well, so first of all, you're still about probably like 30, 40 feet from the ladder. So can I get a stealth check to make your way to the ladder, please? You don't have to do this one at disadvantage. 
You just do it flat out. Okay, that's that's the best result I've had so far. It's a nineteen plus four. You're in. You lift the heels of your boots and begin to tiptoe down this corrugated metal, uh, making not nary a sound as you make your way to the ladder. And Knives stands there and then sends a message. So, are you just going to tell me when to start shooting, or...? One second. Let's check the range on the message quickly. Don't actually know it by heart. 120 feet. Okay. Um, after a certain distance, I won't be able to reach you for this, so... If you see me flaming like an idiot, just assume that's also start shooting. You know, I, I I knew I liked you, Virian. I I really truly did. All right, good luck. Thank you. Keep going. Sure. Uh, you make your way down the ladder without an issue. Uh, Wyatt, are you attempting to contact Wyatt at all at this point to relay to him the plan? Not at this point. I'm just not via message. I'm just you know when you hold up one finger, like shut up and stay there. That's kind of what I'm doing, hoping he can see me. Can I see him? Uh, make me a perception check. You can do this with advantage, as your light kind of basically depends on this. So you're very focused on what Virian and Knives are doing. Okay. Well, thank you for advantage of the book with one. Um, so that is 18 plus 3 is 21. You definitely notice Virian holding up his finger to you, and you instantly know what that is. Uh, can I get a performance check real quick? Performance for, for me? Sure. Normal yeah. or? Uh, you can do this one normally. 19. As you are looking up at Virian holding up his finger, you stop talking and you lose your spot on the page you're at. And then you begin to reread a paragraph before you just... Wyatt, you've read that part before. What are you doing? It was a good part. You, you, you need to hear this one bit twice. This is, this is great writing, Yukus. Wyatt, they were literally just riding in a carriage. It meant nothing to the story. And it's crucial. You watch later on, as we get, as we get to the climax, it's going to be one of the most crucial parts of the entire story. You see, Yukus, like, begins to kind of sniff the air. <laughs> I feel like something is off in the room. To be fair, I do that. I haven't showered for a bit. I'm so sorry. Make me a deception check. Do you think I haven't showered for a bit? But yeah, it's only a fifteen. Wyatt, as you say this, you see the kind of ball that is Yukis turn in air, and you feel like the energy drain out of you as this eye just stares down at you, not <laughs> without looking, and you see. Why are you lying to me at this moment? You have been 
in my chambers this whole time. Is I'm something just... going on here, Wyatt? Were you not the only one who entered my library? No one else can get in here without your say-so. You know this. Oh, you could... I'm just, you're making me... I'm going to sweat even more now. To be fair, I haven't showered for a couple of days. I do apologize about that, but it, I don't smell anything else. I haven't got that kind of smell. I'm sorry. Mirian, you can see that Yukis is floating farther and farther down, closer to this pit. You go closer to Wyatt. And, uh, Wyatt, you can see up that a lot of the eye stalk tendrils, like, surrounding it are all beginning to kind of point straight down and begin to glow with different kinds of energy as Yukis begins to get closer. Wyatt, I need you to tell me the truth right now! Did you come in here with anyone else? In this chamber? No, you brought me in here. You see one of the eye stalks, a red beam shoots straight down and explodes next to you. I will not stand for your games right now, Wyatt. Answer my question truthfully. Well, there is someone else in here, yes. Yukis at this point is not more than probably seven feet from you and is basically taking up the whole top of this pit. What do you mean, Wyatt? Well, I was uh, accompanied by a bodyguard, should we say? Are they in my chamber at this moment, Wyatt? Uh, to be fair, I can't see them from here, no. So I Wyatt. do not know for I do not know so I do not know for certain. No. Why can I get a dexterity save at disadvantage? Dex disadvantage. You can indeed. Any time knives. Any time. At disadvantage. Um that is a 14 at disadvantage. Well done. While it's doing that, can I have started sneaking around like the closest board to the ladder? Definitely. Uh, make me a stealth check with advantage. Wyatt, as you are saying this, uh, another one of the eye stalks glows bright blue before a blast of <laughs> laser-like energy slams into your chest, and you will take nine points of cold damage as Yukis begins just still now almost like seemingly spinning and all you can see is just this one giant eye above you it's constantly moving about and all of these other 10 eye stalks just lit up with energy almost just spinning above you as he if you continue to lie i will turn you to a statue like the rest and then i will find this bodyguard on my own you have one chance left boy 
White would, White would look up to see if, if knives are around anywhere and hope that uh, either him or Virion are planning to do something because all I've been told is to stay where he is. Uh, Wyatt, at this moment, the only thing you can see is this beholder. It's taking up the entire like opening of this pit. Because if you back up a little bit, I would. If I if they're in here, I would tell you exactly where they are. But I can't see anything because you're in the way. I'm afraid. Please let me look, and I will tell you if they're there. I'll tell you exactly where they are. I promise. Make me a deception check. Not deception, Jamie. Twenty-three. Yukis begins to float up slowly. Probably makes it about maybe ten feet above the pit. But enough that you can now see out once again up to the walkways and such. You okay. can no longer see Virian. You don't know where Virian went. But you can see knives up there still. Okay. I'll look at knives shrug and point him out up there you see Yukis doesn't move at this moment up where right the benefit of Matt <laughs> where <laughs> point him out to the fly yeah Whereabouts is he in relation to the beholder, please, Chad? Uh, once again, he is still up on the... Basically, he's in the southwest corner of the walkway. He didn't really move much. Okay. Okay, he's... He's above you at the top on, like, the south... On, like... Are we, like... We're, like, slap in the middle, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Sort of, like... In the southwest area, if, if you've in that sort of area, as you say this quicker than you would ever have imagined, Yukis kind of spins in midair, turns directly towards that corner, and all eight of the working eye stalks fire off and. You see knives dives out of the way, but all eight of these beams BOOM! And you see the whole wall actually kind of crumble behind it as you see all of this boulders and just pieces of the wall and the walkway actually just come down completely as the whole southwest corner just falls apart. All this rubble hits the ground and you no longer see knives. So if the wall... Is there now an opening in the wall to get out? Uh, you do see as you look up to this top corner where the beams actually all hit about 10 feet above where the walkway used to be. And there is no walkway now. So at this point, about 
70 to 80 feet in the air is a hole that you begin to see rain begins to pour through. Half a plan done. <laughs> oh, my house! <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking speechless, Matt. I genuinely am fucking speechless. <laughs> I'm not sure the good way or bad way. Oh, you're gonna find out. <laughs> I think that's the fart people, it was though. Meanwhile, camera kind of zooms out from the incredulous look of Virian the, towards the rubble that was where Knives was and seemingly not seeing Knives at all. As it kind of zooms in on this rubble, the camera kind of smash cuts back and as it kind of zooms back out, it's on a much more peaceful scene. Well, peaceful by looks as we find ourselves in an empty ward with just a seething Damien all by their lonesome, standing in here, just going over their thoughts. <laughs> Honestly, if anyone listened, it's just this low, like, growl. Fuck! Oh, what the fuck? Oh, I love it when I cause a fucking potentially multiversal calamity and then go into a fucking coma because half my body got left behind by a plane shift. Best. <sighs> I'm just gonna be up a wall. Don't mind me. Punch a wall repeatedly for like an hour. Uh, make me a strength check, please. Oh yeah, I saw that strength. Okay. Uh, that is a 17 minus 1. <laughs> Damien, just blow after blow, left, right, into this wall in rage, and then suddenly you start to see just the blood smears left behind as you just begin to wreck your knuckles as you just keep hitting the wall and cursing Bart's name. As you keep punching the wall, suddenly you hear from behind you a knock at the ward door. What? Door slides open and you once again see Aldrich standing there. Um, so, yeah, uh, I know you're going through a lot, but uh, the general sent me um, or she's having that meeting and she wanted you to be there if you would. Fine. Fine. Do I have to be polite to people? Uh, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've only been to one war council meeting like this. I, I don't. I don't even know if they'll make you speak. To be, I, I, I don't really know. I'm, are you okay? Says, I haven't been okay looking. in a very long time. <laughs> well, I get that, but I was more, as Aldrich once again, just kind of just focuses directly at your bleeding hands that you're just clearly, the more you clench your hands, the more your knuckles seem to bleed as he just stands there and you can see the blood dripping onto the ground. 
fine. Okay. Uh, and you see Aldrich kind of steps into the ward and walks over to one of the cabinets before fishing in. And, uh, he fishes out something before turning. Here, wrap your hands up before. I don't want you dripping all over the floor everywhere. And you clearly shouldn't be bleeding like that anyways. He tosses you over like a just a roll of bandages. I'm kind of lightly wrap my hands. I don't care if like they get like blood soaked. All right. Um, well, we, we should probably go. Uh, the council's being assembled right now, so. Woo. And Aldrich turns and begins to walk. He walks and he beckons for you to follow. I'll summon Julius because I want company. It isn't one of these gits, so. Uh, can you roll me a d20 real quick? Uh, that is a 14. Julius doesn't appear. I swear more. <laughs> Aldrich, why is my familiar not appearing? What? What? What are you? What are you talking about? The bird I came in with. Uh, I I don't I don't know. Why isn't your? Is this a? Is this a riddle? No, it's not a fucking riddle. Well, I don't know. I, I we, we're not doing. Do anything. you have magic inhibiting shit here? No, 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 not at all. What do you, what do you, no. Why wouldn't Julius appear? Add it to the list of shit I have to deal with today. Yeah, no, I, you had your bird, that, that, you're talking about your bird, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a warlock. Spirit. Oh, we didn't do anything to you or turn anything on to stop you from having your bird around. No, that's not not us. Hmm. Lead on, though, wise noble hero. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm gonna leave it alone. And Aldrich just turns and walks out of the ward and into the hallway. Uh, well, we're going... I guess this is, you know, the most anyone's going to see of the Pyramid of who isn't a member. I don't even know how long. Maybe this is the first time. There's a completely neutral expression. Oh, great. It's going to be one of those walks. All right. Well, fine. I'll just walk on silently then, Damien. Okay. You know, I and Aldrich actually stops to turn to look at you. I heard you, you know, you didn't seem to respond well to everyone being nice to you. So I thought maybe I'd take a different course. I was just trying to see if I get something out of you. We're, we're just trying to help you, Damien. Why? Because it seems like you're connected to all of this shit that the general is so concerned about. 
Again, that's the only fucking people. Jesus. Everything has a motive. I'm getting kind of sick of people's motives fucking me over. So excuse me if I don't take your band of atomisms kindness with a straight face. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, you, you have no reason to trust us at all, except for I pulled you in out of the pouring rain and made sure that you had medical attention. But besides that, you have no reason to trust us. And I understand. I, you know, in a different life would probably be acting the same way. But I'm just here to tell you, Damien, we're here trying to help you. We want to help you, Damien. Oh, at least the general does. We'll see what the rest of the watch thinks. It's kind of level of a assessing look. And gesture for him to keep walking. Yeah, you're right. We gotta, we should go. And Aldrich will once again turn and head back up the stairs to the main hallway before turning and leading you back towards the massive stargate that you saw before with Evelina. And as you step into the room, Aldrich makes a sharp left turn and walks over to one of the walls. Uh, and it's the wall with the mural of the uh, first ministers of the watch receiving the gate from the otherworldly being. And as Aldrin gets closer, he actually walks directly towards the mural image of the leader of the minister. And as he gets closer, he actually just puts his hand out and his all black eye that he has, you can see it actually kind of light up for a second as the eye on the mural lights up as well. And you see the wall slide open, revealing a staircase that sends down. I give no reaction to this because I continue to not be surprised or impressed by anything they do. Aldrich doesn't wait for a round of applause or anything and simply just begins to continue to walk forward as he steps through the now opening in the wall and begins to descend down this spiraling staircase. Can I try summoning Julius again now that I'm not in the hospital area? Sure. Uh, roll me a d20 again, please. That is 19. Damien, you watch as, or as Aldrich begins to descend down this staircase. And as you do, you close your eyes and again, once again, to call out to Julius. And as you open your eyes, you suddenly are sitting in an all white room. There's nothing around you. It's just all white and you can't move your arms or your legs or anything like that. And as you just stare around, you can't move your head at all. And as you blink, suddenly you're once again watching Aldrich descending down the staircase. And Julia still does not appear. Aldrich stops. What? Don't worry about it. Oh. 
All right. Um, I think the meetings looks sounds like it's already starting, so we should probably be quiet. Zolver turns. Door opens. I'm just gonna walk in. And just begins to once again descend down the staircase. Are you gonna follow? Yeah. I'm not making major effort to be like quiet. I'm just walking. Damien, you step through uh, this opening in the wall, and as you make two steps down the stair, the wall actually immediately slides closed behind you, and you immediately are stunned by. It doesn't go to the darkness, but you can see from below you like a bluish light kind of enveloping this whole staircase as you begin to just begin to further descend down this spiraling staircase. You go down probably a good 30, 40 feet before the staircase itself begins to widen a bit and begins to turn. And as you reach the bottom floor, you see that you're in a huge circular room. And above you, you can see what, as you saw it up above, you can see the blue light of that uh, gate kind of causing, and you see all of the energy kind of like rolling and changing above you. And you immediately realize that you're directly below that gate. And as your gaze looks more down towards the actual ground floor, you can see around you in this huge circular room are black pillars. And upon these black pillars are these huge, long, white balcony. And around it, you can see 17 seats with 17 different men, women, and others sitting at them. And very directly right in front of you, you can see General Calypso sitting at the head of this huge circular dais as you step into this room. As you step in, you can see Calypso notices you and puts up a hand. All right, my fellow ministers, the witness of the events that I have been trying to describe to you has stepped into the room. Please keep all comments and such civil. We are, as always, ministers of the watch. We are not here to judge. as she sits back down. You see another one of the ministers stand up and you hear a voice, uh, someone call out. Amelia, recognized of Earth 618. And a woman stands up from one of the seats. Okay, once again, I do not understand why we are being asked to avoid a medal in the affairs of this simple, simple realm that we currently have this base in. Yes, yes, I know you all try and say that Ulfarm is the most important of the realms, but we do not deal in the affairs of these trivial things. The realm will sort itself out, and if not, the ministers of the Watch will move on and we will be fine. Why should we care about this? Please don't gesture at me when you say that. 
you see this uh, woman look down. I apologize. Why should we care about this Ganassi's problems? <sighs> I'm not really the kind of person who is willing... Well, I'm entirely the wrong member of my party to try and convince you to help. I don't even know if I want to help. I'm here to answer your questions and to explain what the fuck is going on. Not that I can give a major amount, considering I've not been in this realm that long. I'm not even meant to be here. So ask. I'll give you what I can and tell you to fuck off if I don't. You see, once again, Calypso stands up at the head of the table. Yes, please. I I think if we give you a little more of the information, my fellow ministers, that more will become clear to you. Um, Damien. Would you please play the memory crystal for them? Fine. I pull out the one from Bart. I don't pull out the one from Pharisee <laughs> Unlocked. And I kind of... Shut up, Wyatt. You missed breakfast. This was taken from my acquaintance. He'd embedded it in himself. It's essentially his confession. And it casts some light over some events I've been personally involved in, as well as a few things that potentially make more sense if you can see it happen. I guess I'll press play so then they can see the whole initial goo rampage of death. Damien, as you activate this memory crystal, you see the vortex above you actually kind of swirls with energy, and you can see that the memory is actually kind of expanded, and it's played, like, above you so that all of these ministers can watch it at once. And 4K. Once, and, yeah, full-on Ultra 4K HD crystal line, just pure, you can see every little pore on every one of these doctors in black goo. But the events once again play out, showing Bart talking uh, and confessing to funding the uh, Black Husk research and development. And then also the events of the black goo breaking out of the laboratory in the basement of the hospital, which led to the whole thing, shebang, shaboom. All of this plays out and as it does, it comes to an end with the video and Bart apologizing for it. Once again, the memory disapparates and General Calypso once again stands up and looks over the dais and looks to all the ministers. So you see, while this is seemingly only something to do with this realm, this is so much more. This goes back even farther. This goes back to the problems we are having with the Southwest District after the explosion that once again our compatriot, hopefully here, Damien was once again involved with. You knew about the aquarium explosion. Calypso looks down at you. Yes, myself has been, I have been monitoring it since the explosion. I 
I don't know if you've seen what has happened since the aquarium was taken, but the whole area around it seems to be corrupted and rotten. Yes, well, I went out there shortly before coming here and nearly got assassinated. So, you know, there's more players here than you'd think. A murmur kind of goes up amongst the dais around you as all of these different ministers begin to kind of talk and speak amongst themselves when suddenly a one of the uh, things stands up and it's actually just, you see a suit of power armor stand up with a head on a jar or a head in a jar stand up and this uh, voice echoes out, Volkov, Earth X, recognized as this head in a jar stands up. Wait, so not only are we harboring whatever you think is destroying this realm, this Ganassi was involved in the previous instance as well? Well, why don't we just offer them up for judgment? Clearly, this is something they have done. Oh, fuck off. If I'd done it, I wouldn't be stood here answering your questions. I'd have run off and, I don't know, conquered another realm. If I was capable of that level of power, I would not be here talking to you. Volkov looks from you and back to uh, General Calypso. This once again just feels like you trying to make good reason for you to be the general, finding problems that don't exist. Once again, I agree with Amelia. We do not deal in the trivial things of these mortal realms. If this is an issue, the realm will sort it out itself. Volkov sits back down. God, I hate politicians. General Calypso once again stands up. I... I am not looking to step out of any shadows. I am simply looking to try and defend and protect the world and the people. As our motto says, we are supposed to be a light in the darkness for whatever stands against it. And yet all we do is sit in our towers and wait and wait and wait. Ever since my father died and left me in charge, Nothing has been done by the ministers. Everything I push forward, you fight against. Why? Why is it? She just kind of stares pointedly out towards any of the ministers. This Ganassi showed up at our doorstep with a bloody tiefling and came to us asking, not even asking, but telling us of an impending war that is coming. What are we, to just turn our backs and just watch it idly stand by? We are the ministers of the Watch, and we can stop this. We can fix this. We can help this realm. Let me give some context to you all. I'm Damien, not that any of you give a shit. Not just a Ganassi. I'm not even from this world. I died by mistake. My body was destroyed. I was placed here. Apparently temporarily, but I don't think the God of Fate's ever going to fucking turn, come back. So, you know. 
I fell into Vicious Import. And shortly, a while ago, someone was impersonating one of my party. They lured us to the aquarium, where we were met with a bunch of missing Azamar who were headless and were involved in a massive explosion that wiped out that entire area and killed all of us. I woke up in the hospital. It was infected with that goo. The entire place was overrun. We got to the end, we got to the safe room, and I obliterated, I nuked the entire hospital. I purged three and a half million people. And I go back out to the aquarium site, and the same fucker who impersonated one of my compatriots tries to kill me again. I get back to Ganymede, and it seems that the stuff I nuked an entire hospital for, I nuked the population of one of your fucking realms, is still there, and is still going. And now, the only people who fucking knew about it, because I don't know where the rest of my party are, one of them's in a fucking coma with half his pieces missing, and the other one is me. And now, turns out Bart was involved. Great. Vicious is asleep. Great. And you know what people keep saying? You keep saying this is an insignificant mortal world, and I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever, I don't care. All farm, if I've learned anything over my last few months here, is connected to everywhere. It may not seem, the realm itself may not seem significant, but its location is. Everyone and everything comes to All Farm. What's the chances of something going back the other way? So you're like, yeah, maybe we'll just leave this realm to die, move somewhere else. It will follow you. And it will kill you. And personally, I don't want to become a demonic breathing husk that tears people limb from limb. You know, I like having... I like murder as much as the next person, but that's just a little bit far. So I don't care who's in charge. I don't care who's the general. I don't care whether you think this is all petty or not. You all seem to be in a position of power and want to help people, then fucking help them. Or just leave me the fuck alone. Once again, a murmur kind of goes up throughout the whole dais. As, as you look more closely, you can see that all of these 17 generals that are around you, all different types of humans and such, all also seem to have a small little, probably three to five person battalion of soldiers behind them as sort of a guard. And you can see as you finish this speech, they all kind of lean back and are just all talking. I'm glaring at all of them one by one. As... Suddenly, one of the one of them stands up, and you can see a as he stands up, the voice echoes out: "Makar Andre, Earth Ten Seventeen, recognized." And so you say, you have compatriots out there. Well, Avery's probably dead, but. Yes, we went on separate objectives. You see, Makar kind of sits back down and begins once again to whisper back to his Italian before standing back up. 
I believe the ministers need to have a private moment uh, without any onlookers who are not part of the watch. Please, Aldrich, if you would be so kind as to lead Mr. Damien uh, to the upper room and we shall call you back in a moment if you would be so inclined. I'll just stalk after Aldrich. Bloody politicians. You can see Aldrich never really left from the bottom of the staircase as you approach him and kind of gives you a look before just turning and beginning to walk back up the stairs. And as they let you continue on up the stairs, the staircase, the wall slides back open and you step back out into the main uh, floor of the vortex room. And as you do, Aldrich steps out behind you and the door slides closed behind him. Well, I'm shocked. That's the most heated I've seen them in years. I highly doubt anything's going to come of it. Oh, I would almost guarantee that nothing's going to come of it. They're they don't really like Calypso, to be 100% honest with you. But people who spend so much time preaching about how they're the light and the darkness, y'all are pretty shit at helping people. We didn't used to be. And we used to be really good when Calypso's, well, when our previous general was still alive, Calypso's, I guess, stepmother. Kind of a messy affair. Am I allowed to go get coffee or do I have to stand here and wait for them to deliberate? Oh, you do, you can do whatever you want, Damien. Uh, the, you, do you know what cafeteria you remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come and grab you if uh, whenever they need you. Cool. You have fun. You see Aldrich kind of just takes a seat next to the mural and gives you a wave and kind of just puts his head to his chest and almost seems to drift off to sleep immediately. Yeah, I'm going to go drink coffee, scream into the void, and be very glad that, that whatever the fu- whatever is announcing people every time doesn't announce me when I talk. Until next time. Nope. <laughs> Alright, uh, did you want to do anything else besides grab coffee in the cafeteria or anything like that? I'll probably try and summon Julius a few more times, but I can't really do anything. Damien, uh, can you roll me... How many times are you going to try and summon Julius? Uh, I mean, how long are they deliberating for? <laughs> Roll me three d20s, and uh, tell me what you get for each one. I got a seven, a nine, and a quick one. Damien, again, you reach the cafeteria, you head back to the kitchen that Evelina showed you before, and you grab yourself a cup of coffee, 
as you do, you try once again to summon Julius and nothing happens. You try once again, you sit down at a table and you begin to sip some coffee. You focus even harder and you once again try to pull Julius to you and nothing happens. And in a fit of rage, you kind of slam your coffee down and focus everything you can in your mind on bringing Julius to you. And once again, for a second, you see that white room and you can't move at all. And it's only for a second though, and then suddenly you find yourself back in the cafeteria, standing at the crinkled, uh, broken coffee cup in your hand, and you feel your nose begin to bleed a bit as you look around and still don't see Julius. Eat what remains of my coffee cup at a wall and contemplate murder. <laughs> Where is my bird son? The coffee slams into the wall as the last pieces of glass shatter from the mug as the camera just kind of zooms out on a seething Damien just sitting at this table and just kind of shaking with rage. But meanwhile, the camera zooms kind of away from this cafeteria setting, kind of kind of snaps through this stone wall before zooming out on another stone wall of a burning building. You see the roof caving in on this lecture hall as you see Avery standing outside of it. Not the Avery we know, but a younger, more alive Avery, still in his full Asimar form, standing amongst this chaos and this burning campus as the clock tower bell continues to ring and launch off energy uh, projections every once in a while, setting up explosions of these zombies and skeletons that are rushing towards it. But Avery begins to stalk towards it, slowly but surely heading towards it. Avery, anything you'd like to do on your trip towards the Grand Hall? Seeing how my magic appears to be working here, can I see if I can heal myself? Because I am in single-digit health to matter this. So Avery's probably not feeling great right now. Your magic, you can feel your magic working as you're walking towards the Grand Hall. Right. Uh, can I see see if healing works on myself then? Sure. Uh, You can go ahead and uh, cast Healing Orphan. What does that do for the benefit of the tape? It's literally just cure wounds with very foot range. That's all it is. Well, then, why don't you roll some uh, health back? That's fourth level, because single digits. Uh, let's see. 1d8? 2d8? 3d8? 4d8. And that is... That's 25 hit points, man. 
Nice. Avery, as you're walking, you reach out your hands and form this white glowing orb in front of you and just kind of push it into your chest as you feel the life flow back into your body. You know, it's pretty terrifying when for, at level 9 where 33 HP is like 65% of your health. You be squishy, my good man. You be squishy. Business. Yeah, okay. So the tower is in front of me. Uh, yep, you make your way past uh, just all the classrooms and such, these like ancillary classrooms that surround the Grand Tower, just all ablaze and things. You can see just craters where there used to be, where things have exploded, and just piles of bodies and such lying about. And these skeletons and zombies still rushing towards this Grand Tower, or Grand Central Tower with you. Before... I go in. I... I try to... I try to concentrate my magic into a message. And I want to say to Casador, Why are you showing me this? What is your goal here? Roll me a roll me a straight charisma check. I'm good at charisma. Flat sixteen. As you focus uh, your magic into message and just kind of send it out into the ether, as you stand in front of these doors, suddenly once again the green eyes of Kazor kind of just appear in front of you and just on this door, staring directly at you as you hear his voice. I told you, I want to see what makes you tick. So please, continue on. <laughs> as the eyes once again blink and just disappear. I'm scared. Oh. Avery takes a deep breath and walks into the building, knowing what's probably coming. Avery, you push open the double grand doors into the main hall, and as you do, you enter into the entrance hall, and you can immediately hear just the doom, doom, magical explosions coming from down below, as you can once again see just teachers and students and such screaming and running as this whole area is overrun with zombies and skeletons and these undead constructs and you once again can hear a voice over the grand vaults are being breached grand vaults being breached any available personnel to the grand vaults so make my way to the vault not at any sort of pace, but just at a slower pace. 
Can you make me a perception check real quick? Um, Avery, as you begin to head towards the staircase that will take you down to the lower levels where you know the grand vaults to be, you begin to walk slowly, not taking your time, and everything around you actually seems to kind of slow down as you see screaming students and such being attacked by these skeletons. Uh, some of the other teachers that you've never met before being taken out by a horde of zombies. You see yourself, an actual, like another form of yourself kind of move off of you as in like a shadow of yourself that begins to move faster as it moves ahead of you and begins to make its way down the stairs to the grand vaults. And it moves at a much more rapid pace than you as you continue to walk behind it and you quickly lose it as it gains speed and is all the way down the stairs and past your field of vision at this point. Keep making my way there. Sure. Uh, make me a dexterity save, please. Avery, everything around you still seems to be moving at a slow pace, slower than it should. You see everything happening in slow moments. Just chaos and destruction are happening all around you. And you remember this all so vividly coming through this grand hall towards what you knew was your end goal here. You keep going down the stairs, walking slowly, losing the image of your shadow that went ahead of you minutes ago. You keep going farther and farther, deeper, deeper into the grand hall, farther and farther down these stairs. You finally reach the bottom where you know the grand vaults are. And as you step forward, you can see the hole that was blown in the wall by you and Quinlet that night. You stare at it. You step forward. And with a gulp, you step into the room. Your greatest peril that you ever did. You step in. You see the grand vault doors open. No Quinlet this time, but just the bodies of all the professors around them. You can see Master Nix cut in half, Harvick compressed in their own gravity well, slowly being ripped apart piece by piece by swirling energy. You can see Master Lawton being ripped apart by a group of ghouls and zombies, his body in multiple different pieces. And you can see stuck to the wall with blades, the one that hurt the most for you. You see Larson pinned to the very vault walls. And you can see him <coughs> still breathing, 
as a bit of blood pulls from his mouth and he looks up making eye contact with you. What? Come to finish the job? This isn't real. You being here again. It's not real, any of it. <coughs> More blood pumps up as you can see all of the different blades that were jammed into him, kind of pinning him against this wall. He just stares at you. It was real, real when you did it, wasn't it, Avery? wasn't Quintless Blade that did this to me. <clears throat> and you, you, you brought this all on yourself. You see Master Larson's head kind of dip down. Oh, what did I do? Back up. Oh, it's the little door. Is there anyone else here apart from is it just bodies? As you move closer to the vault door, you see, and as you look at it, you see Lord Obadiah lying on the ground. But make me a history check. Uh, 21. Avery, as you stare at Lord Obadiah lying in the, past the gate that was blown open, your memory kind of, as you stare at him, that this, this isn't, this isn't right. He, he wasn't in this room that night at this time. This, and you stare at the bleeding body of Obadiah lying there. You know it doesn't belong. Can you show me Casador? It's bull it's bullshit. All of it. Nothing went down this way. It's just, it's just your mind games, isn't it? So shit. You just hide away and see what happens. See what makes me tick. Well, if that's how you think it is, Maybe I don't need to play with you anymore. As you see the body of Obadiah stand up and look directly at you, but not with his eyes, but with the bright green eyes of Kazador staring right at you. 
You cannot blame me for embellishing here and there. Your memories, while fun, are not as interesting as they could be. As he begins to step towards you in the body of Obadiah. But now, I think I have come far enough that I do not know if I need you anymore. And you see the smile of Obadiah become much too wide as the green glowing eyes of Kazador on the face of your former headmaster stare at you. So you say you wish to be done then, Avery? This was the game we never agreed. I'm done with your shit. Well, you cheated at the first round, so I thought a change of options would be needed. No, that was, that was not me. The smile of Obadiah grows even wider. Yes, I am quickly coming to realize that more and more, second by second. So yes, you are done with my bullshit. Well, Avery, as it were, I am done with you. And this smiling, like just twisted version of Obadiah begins to move towards you when suddenly you feel a hand on your shoulder and you look to your life and you see the actual smiling face of Lord Obadiah standing next to you. Well, my boy, I think you need a little help. I'm very speechless at this point. He's literally seen a ghost. Obadiah gives you a smile and a little wink before you feel yourself be, you're like whisked away and you see Casador reach for you, but just suddenly Casador is hundreds of feet away from you as you're just pulled. And suddenly you find yourself sitting in the headmaster's office with Lord Obadiah sitting at his desk across from you. What the hell was that? Oh, Master Avery. Oh, how I hoped we would never be together again. to go this way never meant for anything to happen oh oh no 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 my boy my boy and you see lord obadiah stands up from his desk and makes his way around to the other side before kneeling next to you and putting his hand on your shoulder no no my boy uh master avery i 
What I meant by that, I, I hope you did not misinterpret. I, I'd hoped you had gone on to a better place. I'd hoped that you would have been granted salvation. Please do not blame yourself, by the way. You don't She's understand so what's... Is she still alive? You don't understand what's going on here, do you? I, I used your spell on her. And after that, everything went dark. Yes, well... I, I can explain, first of all, that... I am very real. You didn't ask, but I've bring up my spell and in giving you that, I had to give you a piece of my actual very self. And I knew what it would do to you and to her. Avery, you're dying again, and answer your question, is she still alive? It's complicated. It's very complicated. But right now, we need to worry about getting you woken up and out of here. Hi. We need to get out of here. Because it was not the friendliest person I've met, that's for sure. Casador yeah. is digging into your very soul at this moment. And unfortunately, I believe they have already found what they were looking for, which could lead to problems for everyone once again. But as you see, uh, Obadiah begins, he stands up once again from the desk and walks over to the other side. Avery, this is going to sound odd, but this is all happening inside your head right now. And as he opens a drawer on the desk, he pulls out a large uh, crystal ball that he sets in the middle. I'm currently protecting you from Cazador himself. He does not... I've locked you away deep, deep within your mind. And I don't think he's even looking for us at this time. But you see, and Obadiah reaches out and puts his hand over this crystal ball. 
which begins to swirl with energy for a second before it kind of zooms in and you once again see the dining hall that you found yourself in when you first met Kazdor, the roaring fire. And you can see your body lying on the floor with a huge hole in your chest where the locket used to be, seemingly just ripped out. And you can just see that your body's just laying there, kind of sprawled in a very awkward position. I don't know how long your body can last without you actually in it, as there's far too much going on here right now for me to explain it all to you. But we need to get you woken up. about that. You're, you're not going to like this. And you see Obadiah reaches down and opens another desk drawer before setting in front of you a sterling dagger. Have you ever heard the old theory of how to wake up from a dream? It's not the one that I was told when I was little about just pinching yourself. Hmm. A small pinch won't be enough, I don't believe. Avery, I... I'm glad to see you. I'm sorry that this has happened to you. And I truly blame myself for everything that has happened. But I will find some way to repay you. As he pushes the dagger a little closer. But please, hurry. You have to find a way out. You have to keep on living for this time. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I guess an Avery knows what what he's going to do. Avery has remembers the Obadiah love dream theory a lot. That was a lot of fun, and the only way to wake up from a very deep dream was always to die. It was always the end of the dream. Just have one question. Where I go? Please ask me anything. So, is Sorel alright? You see a deep uh, gulp from Obadiah. It's complicated. Uh, 
I'll never be able to make up for that night. That night. When the time is, and I'm ready, when the time comes, I will put a stop to her once and for all. When the time comes, Avery, I, I know you will make the right decision. Picks up, Avery picks up the dagger and trembling quite, quite a lot and knowing what he's about to do, takes a deep breath and flinches as he drives the dagger as hard as he can towards his heart. Avery, the dagger slams into your chest. And as it does, you suddenly <gasps> wake up next to a roaring fire and you reach up and you feel the massive hole that is in your chest where the locket once was. But meanwhile, <laughs> the camera zooming away from a Avery next to a fire. The camera actually zooms in on the fire before <laughs> and zooming back out, zooming away from a rubble-filled uh, corner of a massive chamber, zooming back to a floating beholder, floating 10 feet above a pit with a human detective at the bottom of this pit. And finally, off farther in the distance, you can see a sparkly elf hidden behind one of these massive chalkboards. But at this second, what would you both like to do? First thing I'm going to do is try to message Knife to see if he's still alive after some idiot decided to cave and floor him under him. Wyatt, or Virian, you stare towards the rubble and you attempt to message the group chat and it just gets led, or left on unread. There's something not very nice in all this. And then I'm going to kind of peek round the board, just stare at where the beholder is and Wyatt. Herein, as you look, you see once again the beholder in 3D space, just kind of once again just swivels and stares straight down towards into the pit for 
Did I kill him, Wyatt? I'll be honest, I'm not sure. It looks... I can't see him anymore. So, I think so. I had best be sure. And Yukis orientates once again and begins flying towards uh, the rubble pile. And you can see that all of the little eye socks are once again lighting up with power as Yukis begins floating towards the corner. Whilst Yukis is doing that, can I start edging around? Uh, 100%. You can start edging around. I need a stealth check from you. Yes! The dice did not let me down. I say yes. I don't know if that's good enough. There's a number 19 plus 4. Virian, you begin. Are you trying to make your way around as in just like around the outside, or are you trying to get closer to Wyatt? Um, honestly, kind of a bit of both. Trying to stay behind the cover of the boards. Just, you know. Right. You begin to dart between these different uh, chalkboards and whiteboards and things like that. Just always keeping an eye on this beholder. And this beholder sees it moving quite slowly. So you actually begin to make pretty good time and get about three quarters of the way so that there's probably only about 20 feet to you and the pit. Unfortunately, this close to the pit, there doesn't seem to be any more whiteboards around or chalkboards or anything of that nature around it. So there's about a 20 foot berth, but you are now as close to the pit as you can be behind full cover. Okay. Um, first thing I want to do is message Wyatt. Right. Do something like that again, and I will take you out to myself. Right, is there any way you can get out of that godforsaken pit? In, with time? Yes, but I don't think we have time. Yes, that's because you killed the one who's going to do, be the distraction. Great fucking job, Wyatt. Absolutely sterling work. You're, you're fucking ridiculous. Do you know that? You are beyond a joke. But now's not the time for this. I'm just, I'm beyond stunned. You could see us. We were trying to come and get you, but oh no, your little fight with knives had to escalate to this, didn't it? I panicked and I... It's no excuse. Aaron takes a deep breath. Right. Um, DM, slightly meta question. When you say Yukas moves slowly, how slowly roughly are we talking? Um, he, at this point, you made it all the way up to this 20 foot and you were kind of moving not in a direct line. 
Um, so you move pretty quickly. Yukis is still only about halfway up to the rubble at this point in that frame of time. So in a real meta sense, Yukis is probably only moving about 10 feet per turn. Okay. Okay. That buys us some time. Right. Do you have the book? Yes. Okay. That's a good start. And say doing this, trying to see which of one of my spells has the longest range, somehow. Sorry, I'm just quickly checking to see what I've got. Because I wasn't expecting to have to do this. If Barry wasn't so pissy, this would be the time for that. I'm finally going to find I'm doing myself. <laughs> Right. If I step closer to the pit, does anything in particular happen? Um, you make me an investigation check. Oh yes, my flat investigation. It's 14. As you look out to like the ring around the pit, it doesn't seem like it's at the floor is any different or anything like that than anything else in this room. Um, let's see. Remind me how deep the pit is, quickly, DM. Uh, the pit is 15 feet deep. Okay. <laughs> I say this with my flat intelligence. Is there any way I could use Arcana to try and check, like, the perimeter of the pit? Sure. Uh, you can roll me either another investigation or an Arcana check. They're both the same to me. So then choose whichever one you want. That is a plot 16. And what are you exactly looking for with the edge of this pit? Just to see if I put anything down into the pit will immediately blast my arm off. You're in from about 20 feet back, you kind of look and you're kind of just looking around the rim of this pit and as far as you can tell, it just looks like it's like the floor was literally just blasted into, or a, a pit was just blasted into this floor. It doesn't seem like the like edges around it are any different than the flooring that you've seen throughout this entire level. Okay. So can I come to the conclusion then that it was probably the beholder that was keeping bias in the pit more than anything? I'd say that uh, is probably a pretty safe conclusion, the one that Virian would get to. Okay. Let's see what I've got. Okay, because I didn't know very much about the game when I made Virion, I just took the Explorer's Pack by default. I would like to take my hemp and rope and cut about 15 foot of it off with my dagger. Because then if I lose the whole thing, it's not, I don't really want to lose the whole thing. Because I have this thing with both video games and tabletop games where I must hoard all the resources. <laughs> Never use any of them. Relatable. You got to, you got to save all your magnano to the boss, and then never use it on the boss. <laughs> That's like really. when, I, when I was doing like my third playthrough of Greedfall. Like, why am I so weak? I should probably use my crafting materials to make stronger weapons, but I need them. They are mine, <laughs> my precious. I think all the video gamers can relate to that. 
Uh, you for sure can cut off 15 feet of your hempen rope. I'm making a massive mistake now, but I'm going to throw one end down to Wyatt. Now, from looking at me, you can tell I'm not the physically strongest person, so you may have to help yourself out of it here. Unless you've got any spear time. Not a problem. Be happy to do so. Okay. Uh, so, at this point, Virian, you have made your way to the edge of the pit. So, you are now at the edge of the pit and exposed. And you are dropping down the hempen rope or uh, why to climb up. Yes. Okay. Uh, first of all, I will need stealth checks from both of you. And then I will need a constitution check from Virian and a strength check from Wyatt. Just strength, yeah? Yep. You can do athletics. Okay. Um, stealth check for me is 18 and strength athletics check either 24 okay um self 16 plus 4 and con 18 plus 3 dirty 20 21 i think math yes maybe yes you lower the rope down to uh, Wyatt, and Wyatt, you making sure you have the book in your bag, you grab onto the rope, and Virian, you steal your constitution and brace yourself as well as you can. As Wyatt, you begin to hand over hand, foot up the wall, begin to climb up this rope and up this 15 foot pit. And as you do, your boot actually squeaks against the wall. And Virian, you flash your head to the left to see. But fortunately, as you see, at the exact same moment, Yukis happened to be turning over one of these boulders. And you see a boulder smash against the wall. And the beholder keeps staring into this rubble pile that he has finally reached. As Wyatt, you reach the top of the pit. And you make your face to face with Virian once again. I say this via message. I am absolutely furious with you right now, but that's a, that's a conversation for another time. I'm glad you're safe. Let's keep going. Let's, let's get out of here. Right. Things are going to get a little bit dicey now. Okay, uh, so at this moment, uh, what would you like to do? You are now standing at the edge of the pit. Yukis uh, does have his back to you still at this time, as the Beholder is still digging through the pile of rubble. First of all, I'd like to move back behind the cover. Why it will go with? Alright, I need stealth checks from both of you. Okay, while we're doing that, question for the DM. Regard to the map you have sent us to the chamber, is it mm -hmm. north at the top and south at the bottom? Yes. 17 all in. Mm -hmm. Um, dirty 20. 
begin to creep behind Virian. And as you do, you accidentally kick the back of their foot as they're walking. And Virian, you stagger, you catch yourself without making a noise, and you look back and give a dirty ass look towards Wyatt before turning back. And as you step again, you hit a piece of rubble and you kind of just kick this pebble that sends it skipping across the ground and just kind of echoing throughout the room, just a as everything goes silent for a second. And suddenly, Yukis slowly begins to turn back around. Wyatt, what are you doing back there? I'm going to try and throw my voice a bit, so it's a bit quieter, so it's out of it further away than where I am. <clears throat> just waiting for you to get back. Make just me... Keep, just kicking rocks. Make me a performance check. That does staying out. That is a that is a that is a crit twenty four. <laughs> that is staying out that night. Yukis. Well quit fucking around. I'm trying to see if I can find the body. Okay, I'll I'll try and be quieter, I'm sorry. And Yukis slowly turns back around, and once again, you can see the eye stalks like grabbing pieces of rubble and tossing them about. So, two quick questions. Is the noise of Yukis throwing rubble around disguising us moving a little bit? Um, it's hard to... You could try and use like the sound of the rubble moving, but he's not doing it at like a constant interval. So in some ways, you'd have to be playing guess when he's going to throw rubble. Okay. And the second one, because Matt had a mask yet, what's the range on Wyatt's gun? Yes. Yes, on both that gun and my ranger gun. Uh, I've never asked you his question. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The gun is 150 feet. Uh, Anything, or just at normal range, you can shoot up to 150 feet. Anything past that is at disadvantage, and anything beyond 250 feet um, is at uh, disadvantage, and a hit is minus 5 to it as well. But okay. up to 150 feet. At my normal gun, yeah? And for your ranger gun, it's 200 feet. For It's up to 200 feet. Okay. So way more than I thought then. Okay. I say to Wyatt again in message. When we get the chance, just shoot as far as you can in the other direction. We need to try and get to Nike. Wait until maybe he gets a little bit further. Because I don't know about you, but heavy lifting isn't my forte. Like you thinking. And I'd like to start moving super a little bit closer going slowly around to where there is, I believe there is now a massive hole in the wall. Oh, so you're moving towards the southwest corner? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why are you going that way as well? Alright, I will need stealth checks again, please. 
budget. Um, 21. I started recently, my dude, we are above head clap. Do I need it to add anything? Am I missing anything? Damn, no, okay. That is a 17. Looks like. Furion, quiet, you began creeping between all these different chalkboards and whiteboards and monitors as you're moving from board to board and you kind of separate so that you're both not behind the same one and Virian, as you keep going you go behind a chalkboard and you kind of try and lean forward to see where Yukis is at at this moment and as you do you lean a little too far forward you actually push the back of this chalkboard and a massive just squeak comes out of this and Yukis spins around quickly staring directly towards the sound of the squeak as he Wyatt, have you found a way out of the pit? I'm just trying to fucking shoot in that direction. I will open fire and shout, Jukus, he's on that, he's over there. Alright, and what are you firing at? I'm going to fire at the north wall. Alright. Uh, make me an attack roll. This gets plus six to it, so that'll be twenty two. Alright. Make me a deception roll. Deception. Who would have thought that the, 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 the um I've not got a proficiency, but I've got a good score in it. Who would have thought that from a detective? Twenty two. Wyatt, you see Virian uh, squeak this chalkboard as they push it a little too far, and Yukis spins. And in the second, and just kind of the craziness of it, Yukis doesn't even notice that your voice is coming from completely the wrong area. As you spin and turn and fire your gun, and you see the bullet as it explodes a piece of the wall, and Yukis spins and immediately zooms towards it as you see all of the eye stalks turn and fire once again and blow a huge piece uh, or piece of this walkway apart on a north side wall right where your bullet hit. He's gone towards it as well as he Zucas or Yukis has zoomed that way, yes. Okay. Yeah, when you say zoom, how fast is he moving, mate? Yeah. Uh, he is now moving at double clip, so he is moving at about 20 feet per uh, turn. So he's moving pretty quick at this moment. Okay, I message Wyatt. We need to try and see if Nigel's still here. We need to try and get you to distract him. Just keep up that acting got going on. I don't know, pretend you're trying to take down the bodyguard or something. Okay, well, I'll do that. Loyalty to you, Chris. What I'll do is I'll keep firing at that wall and that'll give you and I'll buy you some time okay 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 with that i'd like to start edging towards knives but obviously trying to give you a bit of a wide berth because i don't want to get too close 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Yukis is, once again, since they can fly, has gone basically straight up and towards the spot on the north wall up by the walkway. So at this moment, Yukis is probably about 30 feet in the air above you and okay. like, you know, 20 feet that way as well towards the north wall. So you can make your way um, pretty quickly towards it. You can only stealth this time with advantage. And then, Wyatt, uh, what exactly are you going to do here? Um, I'm gonna shoot a couple more rounds. Um, like, a bit more, not quite where he is, but kind of silent, as if, like, I'm trying to, like, point him in the right direction for it. Are you going to say anything, or are you just going to keep firing your gun? I think I'm going to actually tell him that's what I'm doing, because, like, you could follow the noise, you'll get him. Uh, roll me another deception check, and you can do it this time with advantage. Okay, so with advantage. I like your style right now. I'm going to use my Moira dice. Thank you, Chad. Okay, deception, that's that's a crit 20. And uh, am I firing or not? Uh, no, you can just... You, you've already hit the target, so you know how your gun works. Uh, what did you get for those that stealth check there, Virian? Um, rolls a 15 and a 17, so my highest will be 21. This does like 17. Virian, like a slinking cat... You slide your way behind the rest of the whiteboards and chalkboards, making your way over to the pile of rubble. As Wyatt turns and yells at Yukis and begins firing down the side of the wall, like towards more towards the east side, and calls out, Just follow the sound! And Yukis actually begins to turn and fires again with all of his eye beams. And then fires again as he now moves more towards the northeast corner of the room. Okay. Um, first thing I'm going to do is just try and message Knives again, just to try and see if he's in any way conscious or not dead. That would be preferable. Uh, once again, you reach out to the group chat with Knives and it just gets let off, left on unread. Okay. Um, how much of the rubble's been moved? And can I see any part of him at all? Um, you can make me an investigation check. That's a flat 12. Make me a perception check. Um, I think I'm decent at perception. Ooh, I am. That's a... That is 13 plus 6, 19. Virian, as you reach this pile of rubble, you begin to try and sift through it, and just the absolute size of this rubble, like your arms just like do not move as there's one giant like piece that's still on top here. But as you like lift it just the littlest of bit, you can see the hand of a Githraki kind of sticking out and you see the hand kind of move a little bit and just as you drop the uh, piece of rubble back down. Right. Before I drop it down, I'm just going to get nice. 
just try and like I can't actually touch her because I'm with both hands to keep it up. Like I level up. Virine is not strong physically. Um No, it doesn't have the best weight limit. Let's see. Um, can I use Mage Hand to try and help me keep the piece of rubble up? I know it only has a very small weight limit, but anything that's better than nothing. Um, sure, why not? <laughs> okay. Um, I'd like to try and reach down and see if I'm if my star has a pulse. Twitch. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, you can roll me a medicine check real quick. Varian is not a doctor for a reason. I really need to do something about like the fact I have flat arcana investigation as a cast. <laughs> Varian, you cast Mage Hand and replace your left hand uh, with this magical hand, and the boulder or the piece of rubble does kind of shift and almost fall, but somehow the magic holds it up and you reach down and grab onto Knife's hand and you realize you have no idea where Githraki's pulse would be. And But luckily, as you grab Knife's hand, you feel that it kind of responds with a quick squeeze before once again uh, letting go. And it still feels warm. Okay, so he's still alive for now. Shit. Quiet, can I get another performance check, please? Absolutely. Normal? This one will be at disadvantage. At disadvantage. As Yukis is starting to get a bit suspicious as how have you not caught this intruder yet, as he now he keeps firing blasts. The anointing this time. Drop to 20. Quiet, you're firing the shots and Yukis launches off another round of uh, eye beams before yelling back, Surely we have hit him by now, Wyatt! I think you got him the last time. I, I can't get up there to see, so you're going to have to search for... Dig around up there. I'm, I'm sure you've got him. Wyatt, why does it sound like you're in a different spot than before? I've always been... I'm, I'm shouting! Make me a deception <laughs> check. I don't know why your shouting would have anything to do with it. But... Kaitis uh, just turned the camera on the lava. Virian, what are you doing at this moment? Okay. Um, this piece of rubble I'm holding up, is this the biggest one on knives at the moment? Yes, this is like, it seems like to be the piece okay. of, like, the ceiling that came down, as it's, it's a huge piece of this rubble. Okay. Um, in that case, I'd like to use a spell I haven't used yet. It's called um, Tensor's Floating Disc. 
and it can it's three foot in diameter and an inch thick and it can hold i believe yeah up to 500 pounds is there any way i can use that to prop that piece of rubble up and try to start digging him out Roll me a strength check, but you can add your magic, uh, your casting bonus to it. Is that my um, spell attack modifier? Yeah. Okay. Come on, heart dice, don't let me down. I am very physically weak. The heart dice wish for success. My god, ish. That's a 15 plus 9. Virian, you just getting a quick squeeze from knives and before the pressure release, you seeing this giant piece of rubble and quickly, very intelligently assessing the situation that you're in, you using your free hand, wave it about as this magical golden uh, sparkly disc suddenly appears under the corner of this giant piece of rubble and slowly begins to just spin and begin to push up this piece of rubble and you actually time it with a piece of the rubble falling on the other side of the room so it's not even heard as this huge piece of rubble and slams into the ground revealing an unconscious body of a blonde Githraki. Okay. Um, Messering it slightly, I'm assuming he's taken damage then. Uh, you can make me a perception check real quick. Uh, that's 11 plus 6, 17. Virian, as you look at uh, knives laying here in a heap, covered in blood, scrapes, and other damage, you can see that he is alive, but just barely. And if you really wanted to metagame it, it's as if he passed three death-saving throws instead of failing three. Because he was definitely in death-saving throws and passed on a 14 and a crit 20. And well then. Scanning, scanning, scanning. I wonder what you were rolling. <laughs> How long ago did Wyatt try to stab himself? Sorry, I'm just trying to find out how many things I've got left in my healing pool because I'm using my tablet and it doesn't keep track of that because I'm not a paladin. And why? what'd you get on that deception? I thought you'd forgotten about me there, Shaz. <laughs> oh, no. It was deception, wasn't it? Yep. 19. Wyatt, the last round of eye lasers slammed into this wall. At the same time, as Virian flips this huge piece of rubble, but as they do, you see Yukis stop firing, and the uh, eye stalks all around him begin to kind of power down as he begins to slowly turn and begins to float back towards where the pit is. I use message to Virian. Need to go now. Um, I used my healing pool, it's not much, but to give knives 10 hit points. You 
reach your hand forward and the sparkles kind of just come out of your palm and cover knives and you see him begin to breathe but he doesn't regain consciousness. Right, Wyatt needs to get his ass over here because we need to put this book in the thing that knives has, don't we? Before we can get it out of the library. I can absolutely do that, yes. Okay, I'm so on the edge of my seat listening to this. Well, one of us had to fucking start doing something. This is intense. Okay. Why? Why will make it? Well, as soon as he goes, why it moves towards Dune as quickly as he can, as quietly as he can. Uh, Dan. To get this book out of the library, we need to put it in some kind of magical sleeve, don't we? You didn't have to put it in a magical sleeve, but uh, Knives did show you that he had a, what he showed, it looked like a card. It was, it was a laminated small card that he had that he said you must be in possession of to take any books out of the library. A library card, some would call it. Okay. Um, does he have some kind of bag we can put this book in? Because I don't really feel like stealing from him while he's unconscious. Uh, make a perception check. Which chance I could have this at advantage because I'm looking directly at the guy. Sure, you can have this at advantage. Okay. Well, that's a lot better because I dropped him that one. And now I got a 15 plus 6. 21. Virian, you look at knives and at first you're like, oh my god, he doesn't have a bag. Where was he carrying all the things he had before? But then as you look a little closer, you realize, oh, it's just on the other side on uh, just the way he was twisted. And you do see knives' saddlebag steady wears around. Okay. Is I'm Wyatt on his way here, because to get out of here, I've got an idea how we can kind of MacGyver a spell to get us all out. Why is why is making it as quick as possible and quietly as possible? Stealth check, Chad. Uh, I need a stealth check from you, Wyatt, at disadvantage, please. That is a that is fair. How close is he to me at this point? Uh, at this point, you are probably about he's probably about 40, 40, 50 feet away from you. Damn. Okay, that's not gonna work. And I actually need a stealth check from you as well, Virian. Gosh damn. Um, so sure I could have added something else to my stealth. But alas, I guess not. That's... Yeah, that's not so great. That's a 16 all in. Yes, sir. What'd you get for your self check? Wouldn't believe me, so I just take a, a, a picture. Double crit. Did <laughs> you see pictures aren't that good when we're an audio? Meeting? No, I know, but well, I've been very luckier though. And that's beyond lucky. <laughs> just keep that up until we get out of here. Yes, boss. <laughs> Why? Hey, I want like... to save the Azimuth. Like a motherfucking ninja, Wyatt, you basically wind dance behind these different 
uh, boards and things of that nature, making your way perfectly behind them as you make your way towards uh, Virian, who's over against this wall. Virian, as you are healing knives, you suddenly hear a big and you see Yukis stop in the midair and turn towards the southwest corner where you are for I can smell that magic who else is in here as you feel the energy virion be drained kind of out of you and your sparkle tends kinds of diminish as you feel the gaze of this beholder upon you as it begins to fly towards the southwest corner. Thank for the DM. Have I reached Vivian yet? You at this point are about ten feet for or ten foot from where Virian and Knives are. Okay. At this point, Yukis is about a good 90 feet away from all of you. Okay. And still about 50 feet in the air. Okay. Um, I, as I approach Virian, I want to step, I want to try and get between Virian and Yukis. So I take the hit, as it were, rather than Virian. If I can, is that possible or not for me from the angle? Virian, can you make me a make me a history check real quick? Okay. Somehow I'm proficient in this. I have no idea why. Um, that is fifteen. Virian, as you kind of feel your sparkle diminish, and Wyatt steps in front of you and this beholder begins making its way towards you, a moment from your upbringing flashes into your head and the learning about beholders and why they're so dangerous to people of your family. The anti-magic field that comes out of their eye, their main eye, has killed many a caster in the past. And you know that Yukis's seems to be even more powerful as you know it's only supposed to be a short little bit of cone but the minute this blind eye is turned upon you you feel all of the magic just being sapped from you as this beholder just gets closer and closer and why as you step in front of Virian to take this hit you feel the morpher on your arm <sighs> and you feel a little ping in your head as you know the last bit of power was just drained from your morpher and you cannot go into ranger mode anymore. Question. If we're somehow able to take out the eye, would that stop the anti-magic cone? Make me another history check. Just because Wyatt has a gun that doesn't require magic. Okay, that's a little better. That's 18. You know that 
according to everything you know about beholders, you just have to get it to not be looking directly at you. So damaging the eye would get it to look away. Okay. I'll just say to I like say quietly to Wyatt now because he's close enough. Just aim for his side, please. I'm not going to be able to get us out of here if you don't. I I, t- I nod at um, Vivian. I turn and li- and literally cock it and fire. I don't even think twice. Make me an attack roll then. Okay, that is uh, fourteen plus six to dirty twenty. Quiet. You raise the pistol from your holster. Yukis charging towards both of you. You can feel the blind eye turned upon you. And you can see that Yuri behind you is sparkling a little bit less. And he says, do it. And you turn, raise your gun, and fire. And you see the bullet perfectly dead into the center of this eye. And you hear, and you see the eyelid close as Yukis begins to flail in the sky for a moment going, what have you done? And you can feel Virian, your magic return to you as you are standing there. Wyatt, put the book in um, Nice's bag immediately. We have to get out of here. We have to grab him and go. I do exactly as I'm told. Okay, as soon as the book is in um, Nice's bag, I cast Fly myself and Wyatt. We have to grab him and drag him. Because there's no rule saying you can't do that. (laughs) Absolutely fine with that. It's just to get us to move faster. All right. Uh, so you are going to cast fly, grab uh, knives, and where are you going to attempt to fly to? Just out the wall, the hole in the wall. All right. Uh, I will need dexterity checks from both of you. Uh, check or save? Checks. Mm, 18. Okay. 17 plus 4. Virian, your magic returning to you. You immediately feel everything just go, and in a split second, you grab Wyatt's shoulder, cast fly, you feel the magic encompass both of you. And, And with just perfectly in synchronicity, you guys both scoop one arm under each of Knives' arms. Wyatt, you throw the book in his bag and you immediately hook under and fly straight up, going directly for the giant hole in the ceiling that Yukis himself created. And I need you to make me both one more dexterity save right now. Dex save coming your way, sir. Everything into this. Dirty 20 for me. Hey. That's a 16 plus 4. But just because I really want this to work, I'm going to use my extra warlock die for this. Because I still have that. Where is it? Um, where's my d10? Okay, so that's a 16 plus 4 plus 6, 26. Wait, sorry, was that a save? 
Okay, 16 plus 5, then plus 6. 27 for you, dirty 20 for Wyatt. You both <laughs> flying straight up towards this hole. Yukis just <laughs> roaring in the background. The His eye lasers going off all over. And Wyatt, you actually... Uh, one of these flaming red beams whisks, uh, whisks by and kind of grazes your shoulder. And you will take another four points of fire damage. But you manage to... Whew, and dodge enough of it that you manage to keep going straight up towards this hole, towards safety. And just as you are about to exit through this hole, you make it through the actual wall and suddenly you smack against an invisible barrier as you're held in place. And you suddenly hear from behind you, Foolish creatures, you must use the checkout box at the front. <laughs> As you hear Yukis laughing in the background, and you find yourself up against an invisible barrier, flying in the air, holding knives, just stuck here as Yukis, the unquenchable laughs. Hmm. But meanwhile, the camera zooming out of this massive dome, standing under this, you know, grand kind of stained glass dome they're in, that they almost smash through to escape, only to be stopped by a force field that protects from the books from being stolen. The camera kind of smash cuts once again, a cafeteria and a lone sitting Air Ganassi. The fury almost palpably coming off of them as they sit there alone in this cafeteria. What's going through Damien's mind in this moment? Yes, he's honestly unnerved. All of Damien's magic apart from his Ganassi inherent stuff is from his deaths, from his bargains he's made, whether it's with creepy circle dark people or with the Raven Queen. And the fact that every time he tries to call to Julius, he's trapped, unable to move entirely, that's... That's one of the things he hates the most. He doesn't like not being in control. And for something that's such a visceral part of him to be... It's not like he got a warning. or It's not like he attacked someone. It just happened and he is now... <laughs> sad. And also kind of alone because, you know, he doesn't know what's happening with Virion. Virion might be dead. And his only other friend in existence won't turn up. My boy be sad. Damien, as you're sitting there pondering all of this, you see from the front entrance of the cafeteria, Aldrich steps back in and looking at you. Um, they're, uh, they're ready for you. 
I'll use the bandages on my head to just kind of wipe the blood from my nose and walk over. You see, once again, Aldric is completely black eye, the just inky void that it is, kind of staring directly into you. And are you sure you're okay? can't connect with my patron. Well, That's never happened before. Well, we can have... I, I mean, I don't know what the council has for you or what, what, the, what the ministers are going to say, but if you want afterwards, we can have Doc look at you. He's... I know it's odd that he's a warforged, but that... Fucking thing is, I've seen him do some stuff. I mean, he's keeping your friend alive, or not your friend. I'm sorry, I know he's not your friend, but. After all I've learned today, I'm not sure whether I want Bart to still be alive. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. All right, well, I should probably get you back there, but. Ministers really like don't want to be kept waiting. They say as they keep us waiting to make literally zero decisions. Fine. Back down the mystical staircase. Aldrich waits for you at the front as you get closer and, and leads you back down. Same way you've now traversed a few times, heading back towards the Vortex room for heading through the mural, down the descending staircase, into the massive circular, circular dais room that is below the Vortex, the eerie blue light illuminating everything and bouncing off of all of the stone columns as these 17 ministers sit around in these raised seats and what, as is, you, what shade of blue is it? Because this must look really trippy off of Damien. Uh, it's it kind of like all a, blue. Yeah, it's like a deep kind of like uh, ocean blue. So yes, Damien almost even kind of like blends into it, and you like kind of lose Damien in the camouflage. Like the tattoos are basically what is uh, everyone is looking at when they're looking at Damien move through this blue area. I am the darkness. <laughs> But you step uh, back off of this staircase into this huge room, and General Calypso stands up at the front. We welcome you back, Damien. Um, we have taken a vote on the matter, and the ministers of the Band of Atomism will not be moving on anything that's occurring in Ganymede Central. Yeah, sure, whatever. However, due to you being so involved in all of this and due to the inconvenience 
we have all caused you. The band of atomism would like to offer to bring the rest of your party here, if you wish. In whatever state they're currently in. Yes, we will. We might not be willing to do our jobs, but the band of atomism can definitely pull a few people together from across a small space such as here or maybe from a small other place not far from here. Damon kind of looks at the ground and is like, Tyrion would want me to help them all. Fine. Fine. Varian Nafine. Elven Warlock. Sparkly. Detective Wyatt Stanton. Human Power Ranger. Dork. Idiot. And Avery, I don't know his last name. He's... He used banishment back in the hospital, so I don't know where he's ended up, but he has a metal arm and is a... has an arm. And yeah. I guess if there... If there's anyone else with them, feel free to grab it. You see Calypso once again stares at you, and she has all of these ministers uh, who are on these 17 seats all have the same kind of black vortex-like eye that Aldrich has. It seems to be a, a marking of the ministers of the Watch or the Band of Atomism. But Calypso, General Calypso, looks directly at you and makes eye contact with you. This Avery, have, please think of him as you knew him please, and I will find him. I kind of throw a look of, stay out of my head, lady. <laughs> and I'll think of Avery right before he got taken by the banishment slash weird amalgamation thing. You feel, once again, and they're Calypso is far away from you. Like, this is a huge thing. And they're all probably about a good, you know, 10 feet in the air on this, like, raised dais around this circle. So, like, but it feels as if her face is directly, like, you are within, like, the ability to feel each other's breath without her actually being there as she just stares deep into your eyes before she blinks. And then she looks up. All right, ministers his time and she pulls from the sheath her obsidian longsword as all the 16 other ministers do so as well before you see them all turn and they plunge them into a kind of stone that seems to sit in front of the desk that they're sitting at and as they do above you you see the blue turn to a kind of like broiling red as this vortex above you 
And as you're standing there, Damien, you suddenly see in front of you just magical, like, red circles begin to form on the ground before... A, like, bright white flash of energy erupts everywhere. And as your vision clears, you see a hovering Wyatt and Virian holding up on unconscious knives. And you see a now whole, fully hold chest, Avery, laying there on the ground, all staring at you. As the vortex above you turns back to just the rolling, like, dark ocean blue that it was before. Just, what's just happened? Well, 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 where are we? You're outside, Ganymede. Welcome yes. to the Band of Atomism, a bunch of dorks who spend so much time arguing about whether they're going to intervene in mortal affairs that they don't actually do anything. Have I heard of him? You've not. Okay. We landed at this point from our flying. You're still both hovering above the ground. I cut the spell so you'll just drop down. Life's <laughs> <I was> just... <laughs> yeah. At this point, now that the realisation that a big fuck-off beholder is no longer chasing us, all the adrenaline's gone and Virion's just shaking like a leaf. Oh look, the Azamar's not dead. Or it might be in a minute. Just sat on the floor, realizing I still have a hole in my chest. Avery sort of just speechless at this point. All right. Where's my raven? And that is where That's we right. end <laughs> this week's adventure in Escape from Wolf Farm. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of. Uh, of Dungeons and Junkies. Um, we'll go on the table now and um, just give our social information. And we'll start with Chad. Hello, I'm Chad. And today I played, insert name here, and I had a very wonderful time doing it. I hope you enjoyed me playing, insert name here. If you would like to hear me on any other podcast, check me out on Visionaries Global Media. And of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Chad's underscore mind or at VFTR2P0. Always a good time. Caitlin. What up, mortals? I'm Caitlin. Uh I've I've been here. <laughs> That's my I run a separate TTRPG podcast featuring all of these wonderful lot called Dice and Suffering. It's where my D&D campaign is. It's also where we play Blades in the Dark, featuring clowns and hookers and lasagna. And no, none of that makes sense. It barely makes sense to me, and I, I listen to it. I also write articles about games and mental health on themindgame.org. Woo. End transmission. Jerry. 
Hello, I'm Kerry. Like everyone else here, I don't really have any big projects going on. I'm just the one they kind of can't get rid of. Anyway, I'm Shira Beans on Twitter, where I lurk a lot and post very little. But I also get to supervise the Dungeons and Junkies art Instagram, which is just Dungeon Junkies on Instagram. Goodbye. See you later. Alex. Yes, I am Alex, and I play insert name here as to copy Chaz's trend because that was a pretty cool trend. Uh, you can find me at Spiderbread UK on Twitter. You can find our main show at Game Junkies Pod, and you can find this ever-growing collection of Dungeons and Dragons content on Dungeons and Junkies. Indeed, you can find me at Matt at UK. Thank you again to everybody for listening. Thank you, everybody who's playing. And uh, we're out of here. This podcast was brought to you by me, Chad, in conjunction with Visionaries Global Media and Mad Attack Productions.